Hi, I'm Matthew Kind. Every Monday, look for a fresh new episode where I'll take you behind the scenes and interview the insiders that are shaping the rapidly evolving cannabis industry. Learn more at cannainsider.com. That's C-A-N-N-A insider.com. Now here's your program. Today's guest has created arguably the largest cannabis dispensary and retail experience in the world. I'm pleased to welcome Bob Grosbeck, CEO of Planet 13 Dispensary, to the show today. Bob, welcome to Canna Insider. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be with you. Give us a sense of geography. Where are you in the world today? Well, today I'm actually in Vegas. uh, I'll be down in California tomorrow, getting prepared for our VIP opening on the 24th. And then... uh, you know, waiting for the uh, opening to the public on July 1st. Well, you got to give us a, a, a sense of how big Planet 13 is and what it is for people that don't know. I think probably at least half the audience has heard of it, but another the other half right. hasn't. So just give us a snapshot. What is Planet 13 at a high level? Sure. Um, Planet 13, the superstore, is, uh, is without doubt the largest dispensary complex of its type in the world, soon to be the universe. Um, we're about 112,000 square feet under roof and we've built out, uh, about 75,000 feet and we're actively under construction now with about another over 25,000 feet coming online here, uh, the latter part of next month, uh, early August. So got, um, you know, about a 16,000 square foot dispensary. We're adding roughly, um, that's about another 7,500 feet of floor space. And of course, all the support that goes with that. And that'll take us to about um, you know, 85 registers, uh, roughly. So it uh, it's all designed to be an experience. It's more than just buying cannabis. It's buying cannabis with an experience. And it's, it's all about Vegas, and it's all about doing things over the top. And, of course, now we're carrying this footprint into Santa Ana, California, with our first superstore outside of Nevada, and real excited to, uh, to build that scale and that type of operation with a Cali vibe. So it's, it's completely different than Vegas other than it's, it's grand and it's designed to really create an experience. Wow. Well, I want to get to more details there in a minute, but before we do, sure. can you just give me a little bit of a background and about you and how you got into this business? What were you doing before Planet 13? Well, I've spent many years uh, as corporate counsel uh, in the, uh, primarily in the solid waste industry and um, a lot of, re- you know, a very strong regulatory background. And uh, I had my own firm for a while. I worked in a number of firms, from small firms to national law firms, and uh, you know, really spent a lot of time again in in the regulatory environment for different clients. And you know, I really uh, tripped on to this opportunity, literally, because I was at a county commission meeting and waiting on a land use item uh, of ours to be called, and uh, really wasn't paying much attention. And I thought I heard somebody mention the word marijuana. And it piqued my interest. And then there was silence again. So I went back just to and zoned out and started, you know, reading my material for my item. And there again, they they raised the item, start talking about a regulatory framework that needed to be adopted. And uh, I was fascinated. So I walked down to the uh, close to the dais, I grabbed a hard copy of the agenda, look at the back of material, and I was just stunned that, you know, here we were in Nevada looking to uh, adopt a regulatory framework for um, sale of medical marijuana and super intrigued. And of course, I, you know, 
I, I didn't have enough sense at that time to really understand just how complicated it would be. But it, uh, you know, uh, I came back and talked to Larry Scheffler, my co-CEO and my longtime partner in real estate. And we started talking about this, you know, how many times in a lifetime does a, you know, does a business evolve from the underground, um, you know, to becoming illegal. And we looked at that as an opportunity to, you know, something we really needed to explore. And we jumped in with both feet. Again, we were pretty naive at the time. Uh, we didn't really understand all the nuances and, you know, the implications of Schedule 1 and 280E and all those things. But um, we made the decision nonetheless. And, you know, here we are. Fast forward, you know, nearly seven years later. And we've built, uh, you know, a, a beautiful uh, facility. And, you know, now we're expanding that model, you know, under their jurisdictions, as I said. So... This is a super large facility. You said uh, rooftop is over a hundred thousand, and then right. can you talk about inside? Just paint a picture of what the experience is like because we're an audio right. medium here, and people sure. can't visualize. Sure, and and for your audience, I encourage you to go on our website. There's quite a bit of B roll there, a lot of uh, photos that they can look at. But really, the experience is designed to start as soon as you pull into the parking lot. We've got a giant planet ball that greets you with water and steam. And the whole idea is to really just get you excited about what, what lies inside. And uh, so if you come in the evening on a, we call it the West wall, you'll see a laser graffiti uh, operation, a gigantic laser, laser graffiti where, you know, it's, it's unlike anything really in the industry. We used to allow our customers to go out and spray paint with a laser graffiti, but the parking lots now are so congested and full. Uh, that we've had to loop that through a computer system. But then on the rooftop, you see gigantic um, flowers uh, that are, you know, multicolored um, LEDs and just really vibrant and special. And then you transition into this gigantic lobby um, that greets you at check-in. And um, once you get your tickets, you're, you're uh, allowed to move forward into the grand hallway so, you know, the left side of the building, we've actually got a large restaurant, uh, Trace. We've got a full bar on site and we've got a massive production facility uh, further down the hallway of which about 3,800 square feet are behind glass. So customers can actually walk, watch products being manufactured in front of them. And then there are convenient kiosks in the hallway that you can touch, um, you know, that are touch pads that you can look at the products as they're being manufactured and find out what, what the constituent products of that that given run are. So it's really just in, it designed to engage you, get you, you know, excited about the facility and what it offers. And then, then you go into the dispensary and then you're, you know, you go through the turnstiles and you're greeted with flying orbs, uh, which we found in Germany that fly on a GPS every hour and, you know, <laughs> to a choreographed uh, uh, light show. So it's, you know, it's, again, designed to create that experience. This is Las Vegas after all. And um, we've got 3D mapping on the ceiling. And then our new phase of construction that's, uh, you know, again, as I mentioned earlier, should open the end, end of next month. Um, it's going to have a gigantic video wall with waterfalls and planets coming at you in 3D. And, you know, it's, to give you an idea of the scope, it's about 80 feet by 16 feet tall. And uh, we've got maglev technology that cut, are going to greet customers as they come. And they're, they're going to actually see inventory floating in space in front of them. And uh, they'll have a you know a full 360 view. So it's it's really just again designed to be over the top, and um, yeah. you know. And we're going to bring similar experiences to Santa Ana, of course. 
Wow, so this is really um, something that could only exist in Las Vegas in many ways, but or at least start out that way. Um, right. So cannabis and entertainment kind of merging. How do you come up with ideas on what you want to do here to just kind of wow people? Is there brainstorming sessions? Does it just come to you in the middle of the night? What's that uh, process look like? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a combination of all of that. But it, most of the features you see in a store are things that Larry and I have come up with or we found and, you know, we want to pr- improve upon the wheel, you know, and we've got a very creative staff as well. So uh, they come up with ideas um, that make sense and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll integrate that into the process. And we're always trying to change it up, you know, as, as things move on. Like I said, Santa Ana is a completely different field than Las Vegas. And we learned a lot of lessons down there or here in Vegas, you know, that we've um, we put into place down there as far as moving people, enhancing the experience. And, you know, again, California is different than Nevada. You've got oceans and um, palm trees and, you know, surfboards and, you know, that whole Cali lifestyle and vibe. And so as we go into these larger markets, you know, like like Santa Ana, Orange County, um, we're going to, you know, pay homage to the lifestyle of those communities we go into and, you know, really kind of play up on what makes that community special. What's it like? I mean, this is a massive operation, just organizationally. How do you, do you use a lot of technology and special processes to manage the whole thing? Or do you look at it like we're managing a theme park or how do you, how do you think about organizing and managing it all? So it runs like clockwork. Well, very much so. A lot of technology has been integrated in the facility. For instance, when you check in at the front desk, you're giving a, a card. It's almost like a like you'd see at a baseball field. It's uh, QR coded. And then you go through a scanner, as optic scanners, you go into the facility. Then you're directed to a QLA system that basically you put your phone number in and then it puts you into a, a, a staging queue and it lets you know where you are in the in the process, you know. Um, your weight could be from zero minutes when the store's not busy, you know, all the way to, you know, an hour or more when, you know, we hit peak times like Friday evenings, Saturday evenings. We're looking to shorten that up considerably with the expansion. But the whole idea is to let you know where you stand in the process. So give you an example. Let's say you're you're here on a Friday evening. It's really crowded. You know, there's going to be significant wait time. Go across the hall, have dinner or sit in a bar and have a drink, you know, watch sports, do whatever you want to do. Look, you know, just monitor your phone and it'll tell you what your estimated wait time is. And then it'll ping you and say, you know, go to register 36 on the floor. And so it's really designed to make it as convenient as we can. We, our philosophy is simple. We want you to stay here as long as you want to stay. If you're, if you're in a hurry, you want to get out, we want to accommodate you there as well. But if you want to spend a couple hours in the facility and enjoy it, uh, we encourage that as well. And that's why we're bringing on, you know, the expansion of the retail, I mean, of the dispensary floor. We're also adding a standalone retail center. And uh, and now, you know, soon we'll start uh, construction of the museum and the north end of the complex. And then recently, uh, you probably followed the national media, on the Nevada legislature approved lounges. So we're really looking to, you know, now design a feature that will fit in well with that whole experience. And really, um, you know, again, keep you here as long as you want to stay. Tell us what's kind of your vision for what the lounge will be like. Well, we're we're looking at it probably a little differently than others. Um, again, uh, the vast majority of our customers to the superstore 
uh, here in Las Vegas are non-Nevadans. So they want a club-like experience. So what we're trying to do is basically build it out in, in two sections. One would be what we call an ultra lounge, where it's quieter, very high end, you know, luxurious, uh, but you can talk and, and, and engage uh, with friends in a relaxed atmosphere. Whereas if you go into the club, it'll be a true Las Vegas type club experience. You know, there will be a cover charge, there will be entertainment, there, you know, it'll be loud and, you know, just kind of over the top. So we're looking, you know, to provide that experience to both groups. Okay. And you said it's mostly non-Nevadans. What, what is the mix or the breakdown? Yeah. So roughly pre-COVID, um, and I have to qualify that a bit, pre-COVID, about 85% of our customer base here at the Superstore were non-Nevadans. Um, obviously, during COVID, that changed dramatically. It, it basically went down to zero. The store was closed for a bit of time as we transitioned to a delivery only. But th- when we did open uh, incrementally, uh, the vast majority of our customers were locals. But now we're seeing that as, as Las Vegas is reopening, we're seeing it now trend toward that 85% range again. And, uh, and we think that that'll be the case as things stabilize. And is, is what's the general vibe in Vegas right now? Are things pretty much wide open or is it half open? Just all of the you know, casinos and Cirque du Soleil and all these different things? Yeah, pretty much all open. Um, you know, some of the venues are, you know, they're not seven days, maybe they're five days or whatever, but they're all transitioning to, uh, you know, to their schedules pre pre COVID. So it's, it's coming together and we're real excited. There's just the traffic volumes on uh, now are, you know, ticking up. And the exciting thing about that is, you know, we're seeing a huge, um, you know, retail customer uh, base coming in. We haven't really started to touch on, you know, the convention customer, you know, those are, you know, those events and um, we'll start to trail here in Q3, Q4. So we're real excited about that. So we just think there's a lot of upside. Okay. When people come in and have the Planet 13 experience, is there anything they say to you over and over again that just at this point, you know what the typical response is? Oh, well, no, everybody, you know, I'd love to just sit in the grand hallway and listen to people as they come in, you know, and I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Just last week, there was a group of uh, five people from Houston that were in and they're walking down the hallway and they just finished watching chocolate being run on the, uh, on the automated uh, run machines there. And uh, one of the girls turns to her friend and says, I'm in heaven. And I just thought, you know, that kind of encapsulated everything that we're, we're looking to do it again. It's about the experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's gotta, that's gonna be a lot of fun just coming up with these ways to wow people. It's kind of like, uh, like a Disney uh, experience or Pixar, like how are we just going to uh, amaze people? And the, and the bar is always being raised, I'm sure. Right. Well, and you know, you know, as the industry has continued to evolve and legalize, you know, there was a stigma there and, and there still is, there's still a lot of Americans that have no idea what cannabis is or what it's about. And the fact that, you know, um, some really positive things come out of that and particularly, you know, bring it, bring it out of the underground and legalizing it. And, you know, creating jobs, paying taxes, doing all that. And I think, you know, we get a lot of customers that come through that are cannabis curious, you know, or maybe they're coming with a friend, really have had no exposure. And or they've been to a store where they come from, where it's out in an industrial area with, you know, steel bars and 
you know, uh, you know, a bunch of alleys you got to go through to get to it. They come here and they see this, that, wow, this is part of a real business and a very large scale business at that. And we feel safe. We feel comfortable. Everything's professionally displayed. And um, so it, it really, you know, I, I think it sets a tone and, and we think that's good for everyone. So how do you decide which products to, and to, to offer and then where to put them for optimal sales right. and visibility? Well, that's, a, that's an entire process. You know, we've got a, a buying team together and we've got merchandise display people. So they work very closely together. A lot of products, before they ever get into the store, you know, the, uh, the vendor that's looking to, uh, to, to place, you know, here in the facility provides samples and they're rigorously tested by our staff. And so, you know, certain um, salespeople, for instance, will be provided with those products. They'll sample them, they'll score them, and then we'll sit down and talk about them, you know, the positives, the negatives. And if they can pass that hurdle, uh, you know, then, then they work with the buyers on pricing. And then placement's a whole different game. So, you know, if, you, if you're placed on what we call our Gucci row, you know, it, it, you, you pay for that placement, like in any retail environment. So, and it can be very significant depending on where you're placed. And so that's, you know, that's a very involved process and it's continually evolving. As I said, as we open the new retail store, um, uh, or the new retail area, uh, there will be, you know, product placement um, opportunities there too. And in fact, a number of those spots are already pre-sold before we even open the facility. Are there any consumer habits that you notice that are shifting or evolving lately? Well, yeah, during COVID or pre-COVID rather, we, we would see a huge uh, percentage of our sales through non-flower vehicles, whether it be, you know, vapes or, you know, edibles. Um, yeah. And then during COVID that completely reversed. It was a huge gravitation back to flower products. And, um, you know, we're seeing that now that the city reopens, more tourists are coming back. Uh, we're seeing at the Superstore facility, we're seeing again, a migration back toward the more discreet usage um, because it, it, you're not permitted in Las Vegas to smoke in casinos or smoke THC products for sure. So we're seeing now again, as the tourists come back, we're seeing that migration back to, you know, the more traditional levels that we were seeing. How, so during COVID, it sounded like you went, you closed for a while, but also shifted a lot to delivery. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, that was, uh, let's, let's say that was to put it kindly a, a challenge. So we were basically given uh, about 24 hours notice that you know, everything was going to close and, you know, it didn't impact just us. It was everyone, uh, you know, across every business sector. But for us, it was con- uh, acutely painful because, again, you know, all of our traffic was derived from tourist customers. And literally overnight, we um, um, went from, you know, several thousand customers a day to zero. And we we're fortunate, though, that the governor allowed our, our industry to engage in a delivery platform. Uh, unfortunately, we had no meaningful delivery at that time. We were running several vehicles, maybe you know, 20, 30 deliveries a day on average. So that obviously wasn't going to sustain an operation of this size long term. So we immediately made the decision. Uh, we weren't going to close our doors. That was not an option. Um, so we made a decision to try to compete in the delivery market and cater to locals. And we went out and uh, found 30 vehicles in fairly short order and had them equipped um, 
and converted to, to handle delivery. And within, you know, probably 60 days, we were, you know, knocking on 900 deliveries a day and um, built up a huge delivery platform. Wow. And what did you use for that? Is it a custom app or what did you? Yeah, you? we did. We actually, well, we used like, utilized a couple of apps and integrated those, um, you know, you know, kind of a route smart technology and yeah, really built that and started improving upon it. And, and we continue, we have a very robust delivery service today and we're going to continue that. It's really, uh, um, that's one of the positives out of this whole nightmare was it, it really allowed us to create a revenue stream uh, and service a segment that we weren't even focused on. So, you know, our delivery and curbside programs today represent, you know, a, a standing alone about, you know, equivalent to what a, you know, a retail store would do in revenue monthly. So, um, you know, very, very excited about that, how that turned out. Um, it was a, it was a heck of a challenge and, um, but it, it paid big dividends and really it's a testament to our staff and, you know, our managers, they really, they got focused, you know, we all realized it was a huge challenge, but we were going to do everything in our power to see it succeed. And uh, it did at levels we didn't even anticipate. Bob, is there any big trends you see in the cannabis industry that you feel that most people don't appreciate how big they're going to be? Mm, well, I, I see, look, I, I do see on the horizon here, there will be national brands like you'd see in any other industry. We're not quite there yet. I think, you know, it's still a bit choppy, and, you know, and the fact that we still have, you know, schedule one looming over over the industry and unfortunately in every state you know it's you know how you advertise how you market to customers is completely different and until that changes you know it's it's going to be a challenge but i i think the industry has come you know a long long way in a few in a few short years but i still think we've got a lot of heavy lifting to do bob i'd like to ask a few personal development questions is there a book that's had a big impact on your life or way of thinking that you'd like to share? Well, I don't know about a book per se. I love to read. I'm constantly reading. You know, uh, uh, when I'm not focused on this, you know, dealing with the issues of this company, I'd like to just decompress and get a good book. So, for instance, right now, I'm, I'm reading a, um, a biography on uh, President Grant. And, you know, I just, I love history. I, you know, I love everything about history. And I recently finished a, um, a thousand page tome on Egypt, the, the evolution of Egypt. And that's just what I do. So, I wonder what anthropologists are going to say a thousand years in, from now about Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to be an interesting read for sure. Um, you know, Vegas is, uh, is, is unlike anything in the world, any, any place in, one thing about Vegas, though, it uh, you know we've had a lot of you know hard hard lumps, but we always seem to come back and and uh, reimagine ourselves in the community and what we do, and we're no different here at Planet. Is there an old Vegas spot that you think that's really cool that people may not have heard of, or you can kind of get the, kind of the essence of back uh, the Rat Pack, or maybe an old food haunt that you think's not well known but it really deserves a visit? Well, you know, it's interesting. Unfortunately, in Vegas, one thing we've not done a good job at is protecting history. So every, you know, old hotel, you know, we demolish it and build something new. But there are pockets. For instance, 
there are a few old restaurants in town. If, if your viewers, your audience is in town, they want to go to an old steakhouse. There's a place called the Golden Steer off of Sahara and Las Vegas Boulevard. That is truly old Vegas. I mean, it's still an old Vegas place. Um, and it has good food. And it's been there probably for 60, 70 years, I'm guessing. And then uh, there's an old place off of, uh, I believe it's Flamingo, Batista's Hole in the Wall. You know, that's been there forever. It's, you know, and, you know, rumored to have been the place where all, you know, the old mobsters used to hang out and have dinner and stuff. So there still are little places like that, a few of them, but the far, the few and far between. Okay. Okay. So another food question here, Bob, what's your favorite unhealthy comfort food? <laughs> uh, everything. Uh, I, I look, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm an addict for sweets. So I, I love candy. I, you know, I, I love cakes and pies and yeah, I'm just, uh, I try to be healthy, but I, you know, I gotta be honest. Yeah. I go, I go the wrong way pretty frequently and I love ice cream. So. <laughs> I love the honesty. Well, Bob, you got yeah. a lot going on here. Please tell listeners how they can find your new store in Southern California, Orange County, uh, Santa Ana, and then how sure. they can learn more about planet 13 when they visit Vegas. Sure. So um, viewers uh, obviously can j just go to our website, planet13holdings.com or planet13lasvegas.com. Uh, same with Orange County. Um, and you you can find us anywhere on the internet there. And we're at 3400 West Warner Avenue in the city of Santa Ana. We're just a couple minutes away from the beach, just a, you know probably eight minutes south of Disneyland. So right there, uh, you know, near the 405 and the 55. So it's uh, it's going to be a destination down there as well, and uh, you know we encourage everyone to come have a look. And you know this is phase one that's opening, so you know as soon as we open that uh, July first, we're starting design work on um, phases two and three. So it's going to be an amazing complex, and we're real excited. Of course, in Vegas, uh, all you have to do is get off a plane and you know ask a cabbie uh, where we are. Most you know we got two hundred wrapped cabs alone so just you, know, you want to go to the planet they know where we are and or you can you know get us off any of the social media platforms but we're here and we're 24 7 and uh and you know we're we're all about the customer and the experience and, and i'd love to have all of your audience here bob thanks so much good luck with everything you're doing and the grand opening in uh, santa Ana. great thanks matt great to be with you come come out and see us if you enjoyed the show today, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever app you might be using to listen to the show. Every five-star review helps us to bring the best guests to you. Learn more at canninsider.com forward slash iTunes. What are the five disruptive trends that will impact the cannabis industry in the next five years? Find out with your free report at canninsider.com forward slash trends. Have a suggestion for an awesome guest on Canna Insider? Simply send us an email at feedback at cannainsider.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please do not take any information from Canna Insider or its guests as medical advice. Contact your licensed physician before taking cannabis or using it for medical treatments. Promotional consideration may be provided by select guests, advertisers, or companies featured in Canna Insider. Lastly, the host or guests on Canna Insider may or may not invest in the companies or entrepreneurs profiled on the show. Please consult your licensed financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Final disclosure to see if you're still paying attention. 
this little whistle jingle that you're listening to will get stuck in your head for the rest of the day. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and look for another Canada Insider episode soon. Take care. Bye-bye.